Hey everybody, welcome to the EduMatch Rewind. So this episode comes to us from July 5th, 2015, so about four years ago. This is a great episode about innovative uh, classrooms, so really hope that you like it. Uh, just bear with us because there were some technical glitches, tried to edit most of them out, but uh, if you hear some, uh, some content being dropped, then that's probably why. But still, all in all, it was a great conversation. So shout out to the moderators, Stefan and Valerie, as well as to all the panelists. So here we go. Let's check it out. everybody and welcome to our EduMatch tweet and talk number five. So the topic of today's conversation will be innovative classrooms. Um, in a couple minutes I'm going to throw it over to our guest moderators Valerie and Stefan. Uh, please follow along with us on our Google Hangout on air which is happening right now and also on our Twitter with the hashtag EduMatch. Um, also make sure that you sign up to be an EduMatch featured person of the day at EduMatch Dot education, we would love to have you. And also, we have um, EduMatch Day at the 30 Goals Conference that will be held on July 16th from 3 p at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So hopefully we'll have you all there. It's like an Ignite-type session where we connect educators for different projects going on. So uh, definitely hope to have you all there. So tonight's topic, once again, is is innovative classrooms. So I'm going to turn things over to Stefan. But okay, let's get straight to it. We have um, with us Anne, Sean, Tammy, Valerie, myself, and also Sarah, who just did the intro. So I'd like to ask everybody just to briefly just introduce themselves, and then we get into the questions. Right, starting with Anne. Um, can you just you know say hello and introduce Hi. yourself? Yeah. Um, can you hear you, me? What, what you into? Yeah, we can hear. Okay, thanks. Hi, my name is Ann Manalo Hussein, uh, special education teacher, Richmond Hill High School, Richmond Hill, Georgia, here in the USA, and I'm really excited to be here to share my ideas with everybody. Thank you. Okay, great. Your turn, um, Sean. Hi, I'm Sean Farnham. I'm a third grade teacher in St. Augustine, Florida. I'm here with my Collie um, mm -hmm. dog who's terrified of thunderstorms, and I love the idea of making classrooms more accessible to kids. Right, right. Uh, that's the scene. Okay, Tammy. Hi, my name is Tammy Neal. I teach computer apps and game design in a rural uh, school in North Florida, and I'm always looking for some any way to make my classroom a little more unique. Let me just, as I said, I'll introduce myself. I'm based in, in Rio de Janeiro, um, working as academic coordinator and uh, at university level, I do some teaching for English language teaching and you know, foreign language teaching groups. Um, so I, again, I'm here to just, I like innovating, I like you know, trying to always try new things in the classroom. So this is what is, what brought me anyway in the first place, right? Um, 
as you know, we talked about they have the classroom culture. So they say that it's the shadow of the teacher. Do you think that still is a is a is a valuable or valid kind of saying that the teacher reflects or the students reflect what the teacher is? So if you guys want to talk about that. I yeah. hope that my classroom reflects a little bit of the teacher. Um, that we call my classroom the vortex, and I am a huge Doctor Who fan, and it is reflected in the decor in my classroom. And I take that and I try to spread that into um, the fact that my classroom is bigger on the inside than it is on the outside because we have the whole world at the computer. So um, we are the vortex. Cool. So the vortex is the key word there. Yeah, um, Anne, you want to add something to that? Yes. Uh, I am just really excited to share, and I want to thank Twitter for finding this really cool article. Because if I only ha if I only had one minute to speak, it's a really good article on Edutopia called "15 Characteristics of a 21st Century Teacher" by Cicena Palmer, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. And I'm a lifelong learner. And I always integrate that integrate that into my classroom, and I always feel like a student just along with my students, and that's part of my belief system. So that doesn't matter what classroom I'm in, I I mm -hmm. I, I just should not forget to lose myself. I can expose my values, but not impose my values, and I learned that from a retired professor named Dr. Whitmer um, who when I used to attend the University of Florida and uh, is still instilled in me today and you you have to know yourself first and and be there for the students otherwise um, the students can read you they can pick it up okay thanks cool all right um, yeah yeah and um, what, what about you uh, Sean you want to add something to that yeah, absolutely. For my classroom, um, I always say to my kids that we're a family, and you know, most years, because I teach third grade, most years do have a second mom or third. And in my classroom, it's it's like a family, and I'm kind of like a second dad to them. And so it's very much, when you say the students reflect the teacher, it's very much part of the culture. I say to them, listen, when we go places, your behavior reflects on you, reflects on your classmates, and it reflects on me. And so it's very important to me that we are, are a group who, who is respectful of each other and respectful of the world because everyone who sees us is going to say, oh, well, that's Mr. Farnham's class. And I want that to be a good thing when they say that's Mr. Farnham's class. Mm -hmm. And so I, I try to create a, a good atmosphere with a lot of opportunity for kids to make decisions in the classroom because I want them to be good citizens when they get outside of the classroom. I know it's going to reflect back on me and it's going to reflect back on their classmates. I want to keep that positive for all of us. Everybody has it. Everybody's able to, to you know, um, pick up from this. So when you, that, you keep telling them these things, I think it helps a lot. Um, I know if Valerie, if you can come in and say something. I think the classroom culture should reflect the students um, and their interests. You know, um, 
when you're working with ESOL kids, uh, they tell you that your classroom should be inviting to their cultures and a reflection of their interests. So yes, while the teacher does need to make their mark, I believe that the teacher needs to also be able to reflect what the kids are interested in so that they come into a place that's comfortable, um, they feel safe, and they're willing to be engaged and we can tap into those juices and things that make them flow. I think if we're just pushing on them what we believe and what we want, then we may be restricting and limiting them. You are listening to the EduMatch podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Rochelle Danae Poth and my book, In Other Words, has just become available for pre-order through Amazon and also uh, you can get the link through the edumatch.org website. This book, In Other Words, Quotes That Push Our Thinking, is something that I came up with last summer actually when I was looking over all of the notes I had taken from all the books I've read over the years and I realized how important quotes have been in my life, uh, even just with some of my students who've shared quotes over the years and decided to kind of focus a book around quotes and themes and how they can make us think about things in a different way. And looking at my changes in my teaching career, becoming more connected, uh, the book really is a combination of so many things in my own career, but more importantly, it's a, a combination of stories shared from people who are educators with different roles, different experiences, and different perspectives. And another great part about this book is that two of my students who are now seniors have contributed to a chapter. Uh, one of my ninth grade students designed the cover. And there's just so much in this that I, I hope that you take it, you read it, you're inspired, that it gives you some, um, some ideas, some motivation, and also just knowing that you're not alone, that we all go through a lot of the same experiences. And I would love to connect with you and hear your own experiences and hope that you will share your story with us in this process. Thank you so much. Now back to more learning on the Edge of Match podcast. So um, it, I think it ties in the second question about encouraging passion. How do you encourage them to you know, seek their passions, um, tying that in with classroom syllabus, and tying that in with you know, the, 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 the structure, the goals that you have uh, institutionally. So what do you guys do to blend passion, interests, um, you know what they they're looking for, what they want to, and then with what they what you're supposed to teach in that case. So let me start with Sean first. I definitely use Genius Hour when I'm when I'm trying to help them find what makes them passionate, and we do a lot of time uh, learning what they actually care about and what they're interested in. But one of the things I do also when it comes to actual standard curriculum is that I like to take our um, let's say we're doing a science lesson. After we've gone through the, the, the concepts that they need to learn, I like to let my students choose how they're going to reflect on what they've learned and share, kind of, kind of like retweeting, but you know, basically, how are you going to respond to what you learn and show that you understood it? Because you know, worksheets don't show that anyway. So I give them a variety of opportunities. I let them choose opportunities that are interesting to them. So that way, when they're documenting their learning, it's valuable to them in a way that they're going to remember better. 
Okay, cool. Uh, Anne, tell me. So start with Anne first. Anne, so you're going to add to that. Very good. Thank you very much, Anne. <coughs> thank you. Uh, thank you for your time. I just wanted to share that. Uh, keep in mind, I'm from a special um, ed point of view, and I try not to get burned out with the legalities of doing the paperwork and the IEPs. And within me, I am just a creative person. I don't know if it's because I'm left-handed, but I just, <laughs> I always strive to look for creativity and uh, innovation within my students. And it's even possible, I'm giving hope for all those teachers out there, it's possible to, uh, provide creativity even for for kids who have autism or or whatnot because I was able to teach them technology mm -hmm. and they can write stories on the Google Docs and things like that and because I gave them that chance I gave them that opportunity I gave them hope and it just lit up my day mm -hmm. that's just a perfect example <laughs> Thank you. Great. Uh, yeah, thank you. Very good. Tammy, Valerie, you guys got two minutes to go there. Some insights. Let's go. Well, I'll, I'll try to make it really short. I teach game design. Okay. And so once yeah. we get the skills done, then it's up to the kids to show me how they've applied that. And I put no restrictions on the type of games they're required to make for me. I let them decide. And so that's where the yeah. creativity really flows. That's it. Valerie. Yes, I agree with Tammy. Uh, like she said, you know, the kids are dependent on us a lot, and they want to know, well, should I do it this way? Should I do it this way? How do you want me to do it? And I tell them, I don't know. Do it the way you want to do it. I'm ready to see what you create. And so when we give them that no uh, yeah. no borders and no walls, the things that they create are so amazing. Well, okay. I mean, just as you said, open it up, give them chances. And you guys are working at different grade levels and at some challenge I have as well for teachers. I mean, not getting teachers to change their mindset that you know, they can actually open up and do things differently. And that's one of the challenges I've had coming across with teachers. Do I have to can I do this? Can I change this, the, the lesson plan or the syllabus? Can I actually make changes? And yes, you can. So this is one of the challenges I'm facing here, making them feel that they can actually make changes and make the difference in the students' lives. Um, cool. Uh, Sarah, because we kind of run out of time. I uh, also wanted to give a huge shout-out to Mandy Liebeck, who submitted the first ever EduMatch guest post. Um, on our brand spanking new blog so wanted to extend that invitation to anyone who's interested just contact us let us know and we will definitely get you all set up so one more time the EduMatch 30 goals uh, day at the 30 goals conference I should say the passion pitches are available so just sign up uh, you'll see the information dropping on TweetDeck any second now that will take you to that website just for a five minute ignite for an educational project that you would like to start. So thank you so much to everybody. You all have uh, once again just killed it. So thank you, thank you, and everybody have a fantastic week. It's edge match. It's edge match. It's edge match. You're an edge match.